0: Support for WXAV 88.3 FM is being provided by Beverly Phonomart Records. Located at 1808 West 103rd Street, Beverly Phonomart has a large inventory of new and used vinyl records, CDs, and cassette tapes. Beverly Phonomart also has record players, t shirts, and tote bags. For more information, please visit their website at beverlyphonomart.com. That's beverlyphonomart.com.
1: Support for WXAV 88.3 is being provided by Northwest Community Credit Union, located on campus inside the Graham School of Management. The credit union helps members bank on their futures by helping them learn about and build credit. NWCCU offers a student visa credit card to assist students in building credit. They also can provide capital to small businesses. For more information, visit their website at nwccu.com or call them at 1-800-2-BELONG.
0: Bookie's Bookstore is an underwriter of WXAV 88.3 FM. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue, Bookie's inventory includes new and used books. Bookie's also places orders and pre-orders for books not currently in stock. For more information, please visit their website at bookiesbookstores.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Instagram by searching Bookie's Chicago. This
1: podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you.
0: Salutations, listeners, and welcome back to the Player Profiles podcast. I'm your host, Jotham Israel, and if you're looking for a spot to hear all the great stories that the athletes of St. Xavier University have to offer, then this is the right place to be. Today's athlete is Ayobami Arakoyo. Hailing from Schaumburg, Illinois, he is a thrower on the SXU men's track and field team and a defensive lineman on the football team. Don't worry, I don't need a play clock. Let's get straight into the interview. Io, thank you so much for taking the time out to come and do this interview, man.
1: Man, thank you for having me. It's a blessing to be here.
0: So, um, I want to take you back to, you know, kind of where it all started. Did you start with football first or did you, you know, get into throwing first?
1: I actually started with track. Like I started track when I was a sophomore mm. because I was trying to get into football. So the football coach was like, oh, why don't you do track? Because it's in the spring right now. So I started track my sophomore year. And, you know, I just sticked with it.
0: Mm. Interesting. So what what made track so appealing? What made throwing so appealing to you? So honestly,
1: I didn't really grow up with doing sports. Like track was my first sport ever. Mm. I didn't do any Sport. I didn't lift. I didn't do nothing. So track was one of my first sports. And then when I started it, I wasn't the best, but I was all right. They put me on varsity my very first season of track. And even though I didn't do as good, but I knew I can get better. So I, it just kind of stuck with me. Like, I'm a competitive person. I want to do better in everything I do. So it's just something I keep on working on to this day.
0: Mm. So when you, you know, started to, uh you know, become an athlete at Schaumburg. Um, I mean, when did you realize you were going to be able to do you know multiple sports in in a school year? So
1: I started football my junior year. And at first I wasn't really feeling football, but then I started to get better and better every single day. And so then I'm like, I got one more year in my senior year, so I might as well just stick with it. And I also like track, and I was being, becoming really good at track. Like, Mm-hmm. My junior year, I fell a little short from state, but that was my second year ever doing it. So I was knowing like, okay, I'm I'm good at track. I'm going to stick with track. And then football, my senior year, I just, it, I, it was a breakout year for me where mm. I honestly didn't know I was going to go to college for sports in general. I was going to be a regular student, but then I started getting scholarships. So, you know, I decided to just translate it to my college, you know, career.
0: Mm. So... Did, did those scholarships kind of catch you off guard? Like, oh, my goodness, I'm actually really becoming this good at these sports.
1: Yeah, it definitely caught me off guard. Like, my first time I got a college to reach out to me was North Park. Like, I released my first three weeks, like, um, highlights for my senior year. And North Park immediately called me. And my mom was there when she, they called me, too. And she was like, oh, my God. Like, my son is getting, you know, looked at by colleges for sports. and like, you could tell me my freshman year, I would have never thought I would do sports in, college, in high school or even college. So, you know, just getting that call was a blessing. And that really kind of brought me to a whole new, another like spectrum of like, oh, I can really be a college athlete.
0: Mm. So speaking of college, you know, obviously, when you graduated from Schaumburg, you had to make a decision. um, And that was, you know, where to go to school. And. I I have to ask you, since this was an interesting predicament that you, you know, you found yourself in with being good at football and track. I mean, were schools recruiting you for both track and football or was it more like one or the other? Uh, It was more like
1: one or the other. Like, I would get schools that recruit me for track and then there would be schools that recruit me for football. And sometimes when they recruit me for football, they'd be like, oh, we see you do track. You know, if you come over here, you can do football. There's not no guaranteed scholarship, but, you know, it is what it is. Mm. And St. Xavier actually recruited me for track first. Kowalczyk, you know, my coach right now, my current coach, he recruited me for track first. And then a day after, football recruited me for football. So it kind of like, St. X kind of stand out for me for for all these um, colleges. And at first, it was a bunch of D2s, but I didn't have no D1 offers. Mm. It was a lot of D2s, D3s, and then like two NAIAs. And the D2s, I was originally a nursing major, so I was like, I had to, you know, kind of exclude them D2s because I was like, okay, I'm going to do nursing. These D2s don't have nursing, so I'm going to go look at all these other schools. And it was between St. Xavier, North Park, or going to UIC and SIU. I was gonna to go to UIC and SIU, just being a regular student. I wasn't gonna do no college athletics. I wouldn't be here where I am right now. And then it just seemed that you know San Xavier just filled out all the checks for me, and I decided wow. to come here.
0: Wow! So that's how that's what brought you here. That that's that that must have been a very kind of welcoming feeling to know that the same school recruited you for two different sports. Yeah, no,
1: it was definitely. It was definitely a, a kind of crazy feeling for me.
0: Mm. So when you did come here, obviously, you know, senior year of high school to freshman year was a pretty interesting transition because you know why. Uh, COVID and stuff like that It was, you know, I mean, how do I put this? What, what um, how did you go through with the transition from high school to college, especially with, you know, all this uncertainty about a uh, COVID at the time and, you know, football being a, uh, fall sport getting pushed to the spring and stuff like that. Yeah, at first,
1: it was kind of hard with the transition because, you know, my senior year for track and field got cut short because of COVID. And with football moving to spring, I didn't do uh, track at all. You know, football said they needed me more, so they kept me for football. So at first, it was really hard, but I'm not going to lie to you. When I moved to football, like my head was just stuck on football. And I was just getting way better at football and track was just starting to like, go away from me little by little. I wasn't really thinking of track that much. The only, re- the only reason why I thought of track or stick with track is because of Kowalczyk. Without Kowalczyk, I would not be in track. I would strictly be a football player. I'm like, that's the honest truth. So yeah, COVID definitely did have a great impact. On my love for the sport but you know in the end of the day i love the sport so much to where i just can't give it up
0: Mm. man that's that's a crazy story man i mean you were this close to just being a, a, a strictly a football guy and one coach you know reignited kind of your love for track and field and you know i have to ask you looking back at it i mean how grateful are you to um to know that you know you stuck with both track and field and football um especially considering, you know, some of the teammates that you have been around throughout your four years here?
1: Yeah. Um, credit to Kowalczyk again. Without Kowalczyk, I just – I honestly wouldn't be at the school. He's the one that just really fought for me to get more scholarship, to get more scholarship for football, get more scholarship for track. So, you know, it's all credit to him. I wouldn't be here with, without him. Like, it's God bless. But – and it's definitely my – a lot of people ask me, well, what do I like more, track or football? Or how my teammates are—it's kind of more of a different bond. Like track, I love my teammates. Like I, I can hang out and you know talk with my teammates for hours outside of, um, outside of you know the track, the ring, or everything. I love my football team. I live with my football teammates, so it's really I have a love for both. I have a love for both for all my teammates. I like to reach out to people, like to talk to people. I'm a I'm a very social person, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like worked out that I'm in two sports because I'm. Like I said, I'm a social person. It's easy for me to talk to multiple people at the same time. So, you know, it just kind of worked out.
0: Yeah, the more the merrier. Yeah. I mean, I I can definitely relate to that. Maybe not multiple sports, but I am, you know, part of two completely different groups of, you know, people that do two completely different things. And it's like, yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. uh, With that. Hey, you got this group and you got that group and you rock with both of them heavy. You know, that's. That's a really cool thing to you know do. By the way, it's it's really freaking cool. Yeah, thank um, you. But um, I want to focus a little bit on football because you know you've had a you know the team has had a good four you know four years while you were here. You know you guys won a lot of games. You guys three peated in a in a MSFA Midwest
1: a champion. Yeah,
0: yeah. So um, and you guys also won a playoff game this past season too. So which is a hump that you know the school had been trying to get over. I know. No, you know, I know the national championship is still a ways to go for the program, but you guys, you know, got a playoff win and, you know, that can go a long way for the future. So I'm 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 also grateful that uh, you guys kind of set the blueprint for future teams. Um, but you know, how fun was it to play football here? I know it's kind of in the back mind because, you know, track and stuff like that, but I mean, how much fun did you have playing football here?
1: Man, I, I love football. Like it's a sport that I can be real competitive and aggressive, where I can, you know, I'm sorry to say this, before, but I could legally hit somebody <laughs> in the face. Like I love football. It's something that I have one more year of it, and you know it's gonna be sad for, for it to go. When I first got here, I wasn't a you know a top recruit. I wasn't a big name guy. I came from Schaumburg. We weren't a good team in high school. We didn't have the best players come from high school. Like the guy who originally was from Shaumbrae, and I came here. He quit the year before me, so we w- didn't really have a good name. Shaumbrae didn't have a really good name, so I was kind of more of a risk. But, you know, I'm grateful for the position I was put in. You know, recently I just got announced first-team all-conference. I was the highest-rated D-lineman of the year. Mm. And uh, this year was my first year I ever starting. I was always, you know, back up behind two great guys, Penn and Campbell and Jaleel Holloway you know my mentors in football you know I'm always grateful for them um so yeah this year this year when we got past that first playoff win hump it was you know a very big thing to me because you know my first time four years we had a playoff when we usually be losing you know you see the scores they don't be the best scores and but like like I said, the previous season, I always take it as a lesson. Like, I always look at the scores of the previous season, like, what could I have done to have been better? What can I do to contribute to my team? What can I do to improve myself and improve the people around me? So, last year when I was kind of, you know, coaches say they don't really have favorites, but they kind of already know who they want to start. So, when mm-hmm. last year when I, I had my meeting with my coach, and, you know, I was told that, you know, I'm very likely to be a starter, I really took that to heart to where, I needed to improve myself. I needed to gain weight. I needed to get stronger. You can check. You can ask my teammates. Last season, the season before this, I was 245. I came to the season 275. Like That's how much I just was working and putting in work, and I was just ready to win. I was ready to be the best I can be, and I'm always ready to improve for my last year, next
0: year. Yeah, I mean, it definitely paid off because you had a strong season. You know, six sacks is nothing to sneeze at, you know, and – you know, you guys were you were part of a defense that really kept us in games and stuff like that. Um, always gave us a chance to win. Um, I mean, what is what is it like to be part of a well-oiled machine like that defensive unit?
1: Well, the defense is more like we are also connected outside of the field. We all hang out with each other. We do homework with each other. We go out with each other. We eat with each other. We you know some of us sleep in the same rooms as each other. So mm. we just built up a strong connection to where not only we have a connection on the field, but we have a connection outside of it. So I could put my trust in the other D linemen around me, the corners, the safety, the linebackers. We all just well have great communication with each other to where I don't even need to say a word. I just need to look at him and he could, and he already know what I'm trying to do or what I'm trying to say to him. So I would say that's a very strong, you know, part of our team and family.
0: Mm. Oh, I've always wanted to ask you about this moment. Um, I know you've had a lot of great moments playing football, but um, I got to ask you about the block kick um, at St. Francis. Um, it was your sophomore year. Yeah. Um, overtime, you know, it was 20 to 20. St. Francis got the ball first. And, you know, we're all thinking, all right, they're going to kick this field goal and St. Xavier's going to have a chance to win the game with just a touchdown or get sent into a second overtime with a field goal. But you said no. And you got your hands on a field goal in overtime, man. I mean, what what was it like to make a play like that in such a crucial part of the game?
1: Well, honestly, that whole game was kind of crazy to me. That was the first game I ever started or played, and it was our conference championship. So I was kind of very nervous of the game. And when we came to overtime, I'm just like, I need to make a play. I need to do something to help the team. And when they gave us the opportunity, they gave me the opportunity to block the field goal. I just had to take it. I, I'm not going to lie to you. That might've been one of the highest I ever jumped in my life. I just, <laughs> you know, I put my, I'm, I'm six, four. I just put my hands up and just, you know, just jumped up. And when I felt something hit me, I didn't really notice it was the ball. I thought it was my teammate that hit me. And then I saw that they didn't make the field goal. My, like, it was just so much excitement that just, you know, mm. that just happened out of nowhere. And, you know, after that, we got blessed with a one play run by, you know, Amari Venerable, and we won the game. And it was – it's a moment that I will never forget. It's a moment that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. And, you know, you know it was a blessing.
0: Yeah. Dude. I mean, did you even know that you, – you didn't even know that you blocked the field goal when you blocked it? You thought it was a teammate's hand or something? I, I thought it was my teammate that hit me. So when we went
1: back and filmed, my coach told me that I blocked it. I was like, wow, like – that
0: was me, and I look back. I'm like, "Oh, I did block it," and <laughs> you know, it just worked out. Oh man, that's super cool. That I mean, that I know that moment. You know, as as it should, the moments like that, when you make a play like that in a situation like that in a game like that in a moment like that, nah, that that's definitely gonna stick with you. I mean, I'm glad you made the play, man, because you know that that I mean, who knows what would have what the momentum would have been like if. St. Francis had made that field goal. I mean, yeah, you guys you guys won play, ran it in the end zone anyways, but I mean, still to know that, you know, you had an impact on a championship, you know, of some sort was just like, man, like you you just won a division with that with, with that block. And, you know, obviously you guys have had a lot of other great games and great moments. The uh St. Francis game again the year after that. Defensive stop, you had like 90 yards behind you, you gave him one first down and that was it. Then then this past season, you know, you go to overtime in St. Francis again. And, uh, you know, kind of if that did that, I got to ask you, man, because that overtime felt eerily similar um, to your sophomore year um, when you went to overtime with St. Francis. Um, Like that, I I'm trying to remember exactly what happened. First place, Stewart threw a touchdown. And then St. Francis came back, first played through an interception, and that was game. Yeah. I mean, what was going through your mind, you know, after that game, knowing you had just won at o- in overtime at St. Francis again? Yeah, it
1: was just – there's the kind of thing we had with St. Francis where, you know, St. Francis are our, our little brothers. We call them our little bros. And our captain, Joey, you know, our junior year, he said something. My junior year, he was like, yeah. No matter how uh, you know, big little brother get, little bro can never be big, bro. And so that's just something we always keep to our mind or keep to our head. So honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. The pick, I'm not trying to take credit of this, <laughs> but I'm just thinking, when I saw Stu through that touch, I'm like, okay, come on, defense. Like, we are the key part of our team. We got to make a play too. So I'm just thinking, I'm like, I have to make a play. So I bully, like I bull rushed the center, got past him, and I was about to hit the quarterback. Right when I was about to hit the quarterback, he threw it right when I hit him. And uh, you know, Antonio Orozco just made a play, came in for us and just made a play and got a, you know, game winning pick. So, game was shut out. And it was, I'm not going to lie to you, that game was probably close to my sophomore year championship. Like, mm. St. Francis always gives us a tough battle, no matter what year it is, they always give us a tough battle. I mean, they're a great team to play against. They got a great culture over there. But, you know, at the end of the day, Little Bro can never be big, bro. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys held that true. The record, it, I mean, not even just during your tenure, all time, you know, St. Francis only has one win against St. Xavier. Yeah, and we have, what, 25? 25 of them. Like, some, it was some number like that. But it was is is definitely a lopsided affair. Yeah. Um. Definitely lopsided, and obviously you kept that going. So applaud, applause to you guys. But man, um, yeah, dude. But that's football. You st- we still had a whole nother sport. You know, you had to deal with. You know, the next semester, and that's you know track and field. So when when did you real when did you really get settled into you know being a thrower here? What I mean, was it your first meet? Was it your first practice? I mean, how did you get settled into being a thrower? Honestly, I didn't really get settled
1: in into outdoor. Mm. Indoor, I was I was doing good for my first, you know, my first um, season, my first indoor season ever. It was it was good, but shot put was never really my thing. Shot put, even high school, I probably threw like three meets of shot put. Like I've really? never really been a shot put thrower, and for me to come in and be our top shot put thrower, it kind of gave me a big head, honestly, mm. and so. You can't even ask Kawal. I wasn't the, the best athlete. I'm you know I me, mean, I'm not the type of person to lie. I'll would come to practice late. I came to, you know, the meetings late and stuff like that. And when we got to Outdoor, and Koal had to talk to me, you know, I had my little punishment where I had to do, you know, for all the times I was late. Um, I started doing discus and I was not doing good. My very first week of discus practice and stuff, like, I was just doing so bad that it was frustrating to even where one of my teammates kinda said like, they kind of sneaked this me like, is this the discus thrower we recruited? Dang. That's, that's how bad I was doing. And I I'm not gonna lie to you, I still take that to heart. That's something I will always remember in all my achievements. Like, I can always do better. Even though I was considered like the best discus thrower in Saint X, but the marks I was throwing just was not good. And and then my very first meet, you know, gets me. my coach told me, yeah, you probably can break my record, like probably meet three. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I kept that up here in my mind because the record wasn't that high. But for him to say like, I'll probably break it like week three of um outdoor, I took that up. I had to destroy that record first meet. Wow. Like, I had to break it very first meet. My very first collegiate meet, I broke San Xavier record. And you know, so. Yeah, that after I broke that record, that's when track really started to settle in with me like, yeah, I can be better at this. Like, this is something
0: I can be a dog at. This
1: is something I could just improve.
0: Wow. That's a that's a crazy story. I mean, considering that you have accomplished a lot with track and field so far, you have I mean, you have a whole list of honors and stuff like that. But, you know, what is it like to be around, you know, you know, the track team, because it's an interesting dynamic. You'd have, you know, not only the guys that you can, you know, lean on, but there's also the the women that you have to um lean on as well. There's, you know, the women's throwers and stuff like that. Like, how often do you kind of work hand in hand with them um, when you're practicing?
1: Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I pay attention to all of the throwers. Every single thrower I pay attention to because I feel that I can learn from everybody. I can learn from their mistakes. I can learn from my mistakes. I can learn from their success. I can learn from my success. So. I don't only look at the man-thrower. I also look at the woman-thrower because there's people that have – I don't have the best technique on the team. I'm keeping it, you know, 100. I don't have the best technique. I'm just, you know, probably one of the most gifted people on the team. That's just, you know, God-given. God and I'll look at somebody and I'll be like, that's something I can do to improve myself. I'll look at one of the girls, like Jamie. I'll be like, yeah, she has a good pop in her arm. That's something I can definitely improve in. Or I'll look at Precious. I'll be like, she has good feet. That's something I can probably add to my thing. So, or I'll even look at a freshman now, like uh, one of this guy named uh, Thomas Tofield. He has a great left arm. And I'll be like, that's something I definitely need that can help me improve, and my craft right now. So, it's not it don't really matter to me if you're a male or, uh, you know, or a woman. Like I know I can learn from everybody, no matter the age or
0: their status. Mm. So, when it comes to you know meets, you know how do you guys you know push each other and support each other, even though, you know, throwing is a very individual, you know, individual process and a very individual sport, you know, on the surface? Honestly, um, our culture in St. X might be
1: one of the best cultures in the country. Even the teams around us be noticing what we're doing. Anytime somebody go up in the ring, every single person on our team go yell their name. We beat the loudest people on the track meets. We bring the best energy, best support. To where even coaches be like, oh, you know, y'all gotta act like say next, like we're starting to be known around all the, you know, other schools in NAIA. So at first I was kind of nervous every time they said my name. To where I told them, hey, like you know, chill, like you know, don't yell my name. But now it's you know, it's I love it. Like I love hearing my name. I love hearing my teammates support me. To where I even tell like I be there yelling too. At first I wasn't yelling, but now I be yelling like, come on, let's go. Like, like you got this. And yeah, so. I'm just, I'm really grateful and happy with my decision coming to St. X. I just probably wouldn't be here without my team and without my coach.
0: Mm. I want to take you back to, um you know, some of your meet results. I mean, there was a point in time where you had a lot of second place finishes, Um, but, you know, eventually you broke through and you won your, you know, you won your first meet. I believe it was the uh, Windy City Classic in uh 2022. I think that was your sophomore year, maybe. Windy. Sophomore or junior year. What you say? The uh,
1: classic that was in um,
0: it was an indoor meet. Um, I, I think so because it was a you threw like a a nearly four a nearly fifteen meter yeah. Uh, shot that put. was
1: my um junior year. Junior so, year, yeah. When I won that meet for the first time, I honestly didn't know that was the first meet I ever won. Mm. Why? And for it to be in shot put because shot put was never really a, a thing for me and. Yeah, but that was really just the beginning. 1490, whatever, that's not, to this day, that's not a good mark to me. I just knew, like, okay, this is a great start for a season, a long season. And for me, you know, my whole sophomore season, I was finishing second place. Honestly, I thought finishing second place was a good thing because in high school, I never finished top three at a meet. I never Mm. was – I was never a top dog in in high school. I wasn't all, like Oh, he'd be winning all the meets, all that stuff. I, I've never won a medal in high school. I don't have no awards in high school. I don't have no all-conference. I don't have none of that. So for my sophomore season, for me to go from not having no awards in high school, for me to be, you know, second at conference. I played six at Nationals and became an All-American. Like, anytime I finish top three, it just be a blessing. Mm. In itself, because coming from my roots, I never was really
0: a winner. I was just striving to be a winner. And then you became an actual winner. So when you became a winner, you know, and you won that meet, I mean, how much did that teach you, you know, about, you know, the heights that you could reach that, you know, top three, I don't have to settle for top three. I can be at the top. Yeah. Um. Honestly, that definitely
1: opened up a a new site for me. Like I'm really, a, I really want to meet, like I've never won to meet before. And you know, that winning that meet kind of translated from my whole season to where, you know, my indoor that, I think that was the only meet I wanted indoor. But after that, I'm you could see the outdoor marks. It was, I was winning every damn near every single meet I was doing besides two.
0: Yeah, dude, you you did go on a tear. But I got to ask, um, what's the difference to you between an indoor meet and an outdoor meet? It's just like indoor, I, I
1: my love for shot put is starting to grow a lot more than when I first started. You can even see that in my mark. i will be trying harder. I'd be working harder in practice. I'd be doing extra reps. Mm-hmm. So, But, you know, the thing that pays the bills and the money, you know, is discus that's my thing that's my love that's something i know i can get far in, and i'm striving to get far and, you know that's not an indoor thing that's only outdoor thing so ah. that's why my
0: love for outdoors is a lot higher than my love for indoor i see i i did not i i don't know why i was thinking that you could do indoor discus toss i don't know why i was thinking that but um but yeah dude um so let's talk about prs um you know, obviously that, you know, PRs are something that, you know, is very highly valued in track and field. I mean, how do you feel about your PRs now and, you know, how do you feel about, you know, trying to break them sometime in the future?
1: Um yeah, my PR for shot put is 1624. It's definitely beatable. And it's a definitely beatable mark that I could do. At first, I thought it was a fluke, but you know, I've been practicing and I I think I think I'm soon finna hit a a PR that's gonna crush that mark, Mm. and then my discus PR that that honestly came out of nowhere. The fifty-seven, really? The fifty-seven. I don't know the exact fifty-seven ten. I think that's the mark. Fifty-seven ten. Yeah, that was that was just a crazy mark that that shook the the NAIA world, like to where I became a a big name in our division, and. Can I tell the story about that PR? Tell the story, man. So honestly, I'm I'm a person that if somebody says something to me, like, you know, in a disrespectful way, I'm going to take that to heart and I'm going to want to do a lot better. So before the meet, it was at conference. That's when I hit that PR. Mm-hmm. Before the meet, there was a guy that I was competing with. He was one of the top people in the nation, too. I'm not going to say the name because, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But he was one of the top people in the in the nation. And, you know, I was I felt kind of short to him. But my sophomore year, I beat him out in nationals and got that All-American. He didn't. But his all-time PR is better than my PR. The whole season, I was consistently hitting 50s. I was hitting 50, 51, 51, 50, 50, the whole season. But I knew, like, I wasn't really trying because the competition level that I was in, it was just I was destroying everybody every meet. So mm-hmm. there was no reason for me to try. So then I asked him how was his season, right? I seen his season. He would do like a 52, then like a 46, 47, then another 52. So he wasn't a very consistent person. Mm. And he didn't know that I knew that. Like, I know his marks. So he was telling me, he was like, yeah, I had a real good season, you know. I had 52 and stuff like that. We're just talking here and there. I tell him my marks. And then he was like, yeah, good luck getting second place. Oh. And in my head, I'm like, he just tried to, you know, like, like, little bro me. Like, that's what he, that's what he tried to do. And I'm in my head, I'm, I told him, like, no, nah, I'm going to enjoy winning. He's like, he laughed. He's like, okay, come on, man. <laughs> so, you know, we shook our hands, and one of my teammates was behind me, and he was like, what do y'all say? I'm like, don't worry, I got to beat him. Like, I have to win this meet. <laughs> so when the meet started, I let, I specifically let him warm up right in front of me, let him go before me, and at any time he warmed up, I wanted up right after and I. Uh, that's the thing. Only you know how far I throw. They know how far my potential is. Like they see me throw very far marks in warmups. So, but uh, the other school they didn't know how far I really throw. Mm. So they was throwing, and then they see me throwing. They was like looking at each other, like whoa, like when did I become like this? Like one, they knew I was a far thrower, but I wasn't throwing that far consistently. Mm. So when the meet started. I was second to last, and the dude was right after me. Mm-hmm. So I started off first. Me, first throw, started off like fifty one. I look at coach. I'm yeah, I'm ready. Like he could see that I had a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. And then the guy threw like a forty six. Uh oh. <laughs> then the next throw, I threw a fifty. Everybody's just looking at me like, yeah. I they was like, yeah, I basically won to me already. And then. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to start trying. Because before I wasn't... I was really giving it 80% on, on my throw. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to start thr- trying. I tried to throw farther. I scratched. I scratched. Mm. And then we make his finals. I'm, the dude after me, he threw like a 40, 47, 48. So my coach could tell, like, I was already in his head. Like, I already won the competition, but in my head, I'm like, I want to destroy this dude. Like, I want him to really feel... <laughs> Feel like, you know, the anger that's in my head. So on my fifth throw, I just looked at the ring. I went and looked at the front of the ring. I looked at the space. I, um, I, I took a deep breath. I went to the ring. I just look at everybody. I do my little routine. I do my little routine where I, you know, do the cross on my chest and I point to God, you know, all glory to God. I did my routine and took a deep breath and just threw it. And I'm just looking, I'm like, okay, that's far. I'm like, okay, I'm like, that's a good mark. You know, I'm thinking in my head, like, that's like 54. You know, that would be a PR, but, you know, it, it was all right. Cause I thrown 54 before I had a meet, but I scratched it. Mm-hmm. And I come out the ring, and I just see everybody looking at me like, looking at me like just crazy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what is everybody looking at? And then I hear people, they're like, bro, that's far. Like, that's crazy far. Like, even Kuala was just like, Like, just surprised on what I just threw. And so everybody just went silent. The whole side, the whole throwing wing went silent. There was nothing said. Everybody's trying to hear what the mark said. And when he, the marker, the field judge, said five, seven, no joke, I didn't even hear the rest. (laughs) I jumped up and my whole team came rushing. They came rushing at me and then they picked me up. Mind you, I'm 250, I was 255. I like my feet left the ground for a second and everybody's just pushing me. And it was just like, um, it was just a crazy excitement. Like it was just like, Whoa, like they've never seen something like, I've never seen something like that. And they never seen something like that. So it was just like, wow. And I know I'm going to throw far than that in the future, but I don't think something will ever break that moment to where I've gotten so much respect and so much, you know, Love from everybody, and you know it was a blessing. And I didn't know till after that I broke the meet record because the original guy who owns the meet record is a sixty-three meter thrower. Like he was, he was top sixteen in the in the world. Like for me to break somebody like that record at the conference meet because he didn't really try a conference, Mm -hmm. but for me to be in the names above somebody who's one of the top NAI discus throwers of all time a very respected name, a, you know, world competitor. For me to be in a name with that, it's just like, you know, it's just a blessing. Like, it's just four years ago, you would have never thought, I would have never thought I'd be in a position now. And I never thought I'd be living the life and have the stories I have now. So it was just a lot of rush of emotions when um that 57. And I just know there's a lot more to come.
0: Yeah, dude, that sounds like something that sounds extremely hype, dude. Like the way that you described it, I I don't know, man. That sounds like a crazy moment. Did have the like someone picked you up? Yeah, bro. Like I off have the, gro- I, like, off I have the, the ground. photo on my, my phone. I didn't even know
1: our photographer Chris was there at the meet. So after I hit that throw, I was screaming. I'm like screaming like, let's go. And everybody is screaming with me because I'm screaming. And we have a photo in the uh, in Kowal office where I'm screaming like this, and then everybody's around me screaming too and laughing. It, it's just like you could tell the emotion in that um, in that photo.
0: So how often do you look back at that photo and think, man, that photo is my own, um, my wallpaper. Like I look at it every day. <laughs> it's, it's.
1: I have it in my room. Like I have that photo in my room. The they made a graphic for me that said "Top Discus Throw of NAIA," you know, and my name. And that's something that's in my room and it'll probably be in my house in the next <laughs> 10 years or whatever. That's going to be a photo that's going to stay
0: with me forever and hopefully it's a photo that'll stay same next forever. Man. I mean, this got to feel good to make an impact like that, right? That that like that has to feel so good. And then, you know, to have it in, you know, in a, it, as a, as one of your best memories is just I mean, I give you props, man, cuz that that definitely sounded like a moment. Did that moment were you through were you through fifty seven did that teach you a you know a little bit about how intense track and field can be like had have you had like some type of you know that that much passion for you know really trying to beat somebody in a meet before um no, not really even when i came here came to
1: cex I was talking to ko ko that's the thing me even i doubted myself like I was thinking okay I can be like a I thought by my senior year, I might get All-American. Like, that was my goal, to be a one-time All-American. By my senior year, I'll be an All-American. And for me to be now, I'm at my senior year right now, technically, and I'm already a two-time All-American, it's just like, it's just crazy. It's just so many things that happened in college that I would have never thought would happen to me. Mm. And, yeah, that me, I've never wanted to be somebody so bad. And attract me like I've never wanted to just compete against somebody so bad. And hopefully, I'm not gonna lie to you, even though I don't really like it. Hopefully, there's a lot more people that's just as competitive and that will come up to me and just say something to just activate me to where even when I at meets now, I think of that moment. I think at that moment, like even Mm. though they might not say it to me, but I know people are still thinking like that. Like, like I'm not. They might not think I'm not that guy for real, and. That's that's what really give me a competitive like edge against people like I always think of the moments of where someone will say, Oh, this is this kid story we recruited or oh, good luck getting a second place. I think of that every time I compete now. Every single time. Cause I just know I can be better. Like there's still people that doubt me and there's a whole world. Right now I'm just like in a frog in a well. Like I might be a two-time All-American, but there's guys out there that's seven time all Americans. That's fifteen times all american There's guys that are, you know, um, National qualifiers for the USA team You know mm-hmm. So I just think like There's just always A way for me to improve And always a way for me to get better Like I might be the top Discus thrower And in, I right now But I want to be one of the top Discus throwers in
0: the nation mm.
1: That's my goal And
0: that's my goal this year Man I mean I wish you the best of luck And if I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a little little, uh, Little buddy What buddy said I'll uh I'll say good luck on getting second place. You can throw you know ten meters farther <laughs> than you than you uh would if I didn't say it. You know I I want you to I want you to you know keep that in the back of your mind, man. That because that that was a heck of a motivator. Um, that that second place really really brought some brought a great moment out of you. Yeah. Um, and I I respect the motivation. You you didn't you didn't fall you didn't fall with when the spotlight hit you. You you rose you rose to it, dude. Like you you squared up to the moment and said. Fifty-seven, ten. um that that moment sounds so hype dude i i'm gonna have to talk to my roommate after um after i get through this uh this podcast man because that that i gotta get his his take on what 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 in the world he saw out of you that day is that that's just that's crazy man (laughs) (laughs) that's some good that's some good stuff man but uh we do have to remember we are student athletes here and obviously there's a student side to you you are you know getting into nursing right um, no, I'm a, I'm a communication major now. Oh, you're a comm major. now. Yeah.
1: So you, you, you were a nursing major at first. Yeah. So I, I could tell the story behind that. Um, yeah, originally I came here for nursing cause I grew up with nursing. Both my parents are nurses. Mm-hmm. They both registered nurses, but like as time came and being a student athlete here, it's just the uh, far I got into nursing, I just knew this was not something really for me. I'm not more of a Like, I wanted to help people, but I just don't think nursing is for me. And with communications, I just know, like, I'm a person that likes to talk to people. I'm a person that likes to work with people. Mm -hmm. And so the communication major kind of really worked out with me and worked for me to where it's also helping me pursue a career and what I want to do with uh, medical device sales. That's something I definitely want to pursue in the future, and that's something I'm working Mm to. And, you know, I'm... Even though it's a new major, kind of different from nursing, but I know it's something I definitely can stick to, and it's it been going good for me so far right now. So, you know, that's really just
0: it. Mm, did you always have, like, a backup plan in mind just in case nursing turned out to not be, you know, the one? Um, Actually, no, I
1: did not have a backup plan. Like, um, I just knew, like, I, I might not had the best grades, but I had good grades. I have, uh, you know, a good grade. And when I was looking for other options of what I want to do, it was just like communication stood out for me. That's something that I knew, like, I can definitely do. That's something I can, you know, that will help me to my goal and career and life. So um, it's just a blessing for me to, you know, be a communication major now.
0: Wow. Well, welcome to the field, man. Um, I, I sure as heck was oblivious to it. I'm sorry about that, man. Cause I'm a con major too. I don't know how in the world I didn't know that, but, um, but yeah, dude. Um, so I mean, you already told me, you just told me what you wanted to do with that. But, um, you know, what, what was the, what was the moment that you kind of knew that, you know, communications was, you know, kind of the, the, the new path to go? Like, was there a, a class that, you know, inspired you or, was it was it seeing something outside of the and in the world that you know kind of inspired you? Like, what what was the drive behind you know communication?
1: So honestly, the communication major. The reason why I went to it is because one I was looking at this career path for the medical sales. The one of my mentor, he was a communication major too, so that kind of influenced me to become a communication major because I was talking to him about it. It's just like there's a lot of lessons that's taught in communication that these other majors would not tell, like how you greet people, how you, you know, talk to people, the ways you, you know, leave impact in people. Cause you know, there communication is kind of broad, but the lessons you learn in communication will, will help you in every single thing you do. Like as humans, you are meant to communicate. Like you need to talk to people. You need to reach out to people. Humans are just social people. And at the end of the day, so, being communication so far, I've learned a lot. My the way I speak and the way I address people is a lot different than what I used to. How I used to talk to people back then. Mm. So, yeah, that's really just it.
0: Okay. Well, I I wish you the best of luck, man. Because um, you know, it's, sometimes it can be a little hard for some people to kind of switch up on a on a major that they came into the school doing. But you seem to have taken it in stride. So I I applaud you on that. Thank you. Um. I wanna talk about some hobbies, man, because you know, you're not always going to be, you know, have your nose deep into sports and uh, academics. What do you like to do on, you know, when on when you have free time? Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a I'm a big gamer. I'm a mm.
1: big, you know, game head. My favorite game is, you know, Madden 2K. Yeah, Madden 2K like you guys, a lot of my friends, I, I love playing Madden. I love, I love I think it's supposed to come my love for football too. Like Madden is a game that I can play for hours. I can play anybody. I can pl- I can even play you for money. You know what I mean? Oh, so- man. <laughs> oh,
0: man. But
1: <laughs> Or that also, like, listening to music. Like, I have multiple speakers, multiple headphones. I have, like, two Beats headphones. I have Bose Damn. speaker. I have B speakers. Um, So I even have my computer that can connect to my speakers. So sometimes I just have music playing from my computer just as a background. Like, I love listening to music. I love uh, vibing and just listening to music with my friends. But if I'm not doing that, I'd be really just hanging out with my friends and talking to my friends and just meeting, going out and meeting people because, um, you know, while we're young, I feel like this is the best time to meet new people, to, you know, build new connections with people. So sometimes I'll just go out. Um... Go on and walk around the schools, and you know, if somebody see me, I just say hi, how you doing, or when I even attract meets, I introduce myself to new people, mm-hmm. and you know, I just like to have conversation with people. So that's something I, I definitely like to do.
0: Ah, uh, okay, so you don't get the second place talk all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, it can actually be friendly <laughs> more often than not, but yeah, I see what you mean though. Um, that's that's pretty cool, man. Um, I do want to talk to you about that gaming aspect, cause uh. I mean, do you get as competitive about games as you do with uh, track and field sometimes? Very. Very? My, maybe more. Oh, whoa. Maybe oh, Maybe
1: wow. more. Like, I'm the type of person, like, if I lose, I'm going to keep playing you until I win. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep playing you. Like, I am I get very competitive. I get very riled up to where Sometimes I even lose control of my emotions. And, you know, I have some anger <laughs> issues mm. with the games. Like, <laughs> as a kid, like... As a kid, you could ask my mom. I have probably broken a lot of stuff Damn. over the game. That's how. But I'm I'm better now. I'm definitely you know older now. I'm definitely better now. But you know, there's some you know controllers and keyboards that you know lost some <laughs> some of his pieces. So, but now I don't I don't break anything. I just you know get riled up and I, and then if I really get really mad, I just turn it off. But mm. yeah, I'm I'm very
0: competitive. Very competitive. Oh man, that's awesome, dude. You know I um. I kind I'm kind of like a throwback person so me and my roommate you know I know my roommate's going to stay strapped with the PS5 and the Switch. So I'm thinking all right instead of bringing my Switch over I'm going to pull up with my Wii. I'm going to pull up with my GameCube and I got my PS2 with me. <laughs> That's crazy. So I I got I got my you know kind of 2000 2003 kid three piece of consoles right there. Um and sometimes we do hop on it, you know me and my roommate, we we've com- we've had some, you know, some of that competition that you was talking about. We've had some of that, you know, smoke. We've had a lot of that, uh, you know, that fire when we you know play video games and stuff like that. It it can, it can get really competitive. Man. Yeah, I played your roommate before. hmm. I'm, <laughs> I'm aware. I've heard of the tall tales of uh, the Madden games. And, um, this it's fun. I wish I would have been there that night. That would have been, been, that would have been that that must have been theater in that room. That must have been pure theater, man. Oh man, I might I I might have to tell him to make sure he let lets me know next time you pull up. Oh uh, he he's scared to play me. Oh really? Yeah, he's very scared to play me. But you know, yeah, I I I never duck from smoke.
1: I'm always ready to, you know, give out belt to people.
0: <laughs> give out belt. Yeah, dude. I I I I can tell, man, that it it feels a lot better to give belt than receive belt. <laughs> nah, definitely. It 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 sure it definitely does. Especially losing to him, that can that can grind my gears. But uh, he he definitely
1: beat me, you know, Super Smash Bros. But it's all right. I'm I'm gonna come back better. I'm mm-hmm. definitely gonna keep playing. Taiwan.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean. I do the same thing, man. Some most of the times he gets the best of me. You know, even though it feels like we're evenly matched, it's like, you know, I feel like my wins come off the game. Just, you know. Kind of BSing him sometimes, but there are there are a lot of times that I've earned it. But sometimes the game, some the, sometimes the games just decide they do not like him, and he he takes the, he takes massive offense to that. Like you have <laughs> yeah. no idea. I know, like he up. the game, bro. Why is this game cheating on me, bro? Like something like that. It's yeah. just like it's so funny the, the things that you know. Like, do you ever like have like fun in your mind, like thinking, man, I'm pissing somebody off because I'm I'm giving them that belt. Oh, all the time, all the, all the time. time. It,
1: it's 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 very fun. Now, sometimes uh, losing, even though losing be like not fun, but sometimes it be fun because it just makes me want to play them again. Yeah, and it makes me want to play the game even more. Um, when I first got here to Saint X, I wasn't that very good at Madden. I was good at Madden. I thought I, I honestly thought I was good at Madden when I came here. And I came to Pichella, There was people that you know brought me back to reality and yeah. really showed me. Uh, how I really get to where you can ask them now like they don't want to play me because I practice I'm not gonna lie to you I practice you know I learned a lot of new stuff Mm -hmm. to where now them people that was beating me before now they don't want to play me for how much you know how much better I got dang improvement that that improvement arc is crazy yeah uh, I just I try to improve everything I do like if I if I'm not that very good at something I would try to improve that's 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 a big part of me I'm always willing to work I have a you can ask my coaches and people I have a strong work ethic. I'm always willing to work and I'm always willing to get better. Mm. So that's something I feel like that will stick with me for the rest of my life.
0: And effort will probably never be a question for you. Yeah. Never be a question. Okay, good. Well, I got one last question for you, I O, before you, we get up out of here. Okay. Um. So, you know, you're, you're getting close to the end of, you know, at the end of your college career, maybe another year and a half or two or something like another that. Another year. Another year. Um. So, when you graduate and you know track and field, college, um, and football, when it's all said and done, what do you think you want your legacy to be here? Like, what do you want to be remembered for when when people think of I.O. What do you want them to think of? Just I don't know. This sounds a
1: little, you know, cocky as you know that guy, one of the best athletes to ever come here. That's my goal. I want to do something nobody has ever done. I want to be a All American, and you know. Uh, two different sports like I want to be part of that hall of fame I want to be you know even 10 years down um uh, people are still talking to me I'm still in that name I'm still in that record book so I have a lot of work to do for me to become you know that guy like you, you can see even see my uh socials like um I want to be like chief you know mm-hmm. I want that name like like chief to sit here like this is something Io was a big part of this culture, a big part of, you know, the track culture, a big part of the football culture. So I, I just wanna leave I wanna put my name part of the legacy to say next, like one of the big names here. That's the that's the goal when I leave here.
0: And that's gonna do it for another episode of the Player Profiles Podcast. Special thanks to Iobami Aracoyo for taking the time out of his day to come and do this interview. Alright, there's just one thing left to do, and I'm pretty sure you know what it is. Can I get a wow wow? Second place? Huh, never heard of her. Go Cougs, baby.
1: Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast. Be sure to visit our website, WXAV.com for more information on your escape from Ordinary Radio.